This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. We're a little bit late because of some technical difficulties, but the message I just received was, we're good, so I guess we're on the air. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you're listening to The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions today. Of course, because it's Thursday, it's the date, the edition of the show. That means my wife, Paula, is live in the studio with me, and she's got some important stuff to talk about. Um, 340-9585 is our number for your live calls. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. You need only to hit the Call Now button on the face, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, sweetie. Welcome to my life. You've been hanging out with me all day long. And because you are the one for life, I'll be hanging out with you pretty much every day. So. I think I think you're probably going to say that. I'm probably going to say times. that a few times today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, today I, I told you at home, I think this can be one of our more important uh, shows um, because it's just, it deals with, with, with friendships within a marriage, and it's just something that the, the world that we live in doesn't think about. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, your spouse ought to be your best friend. Uh, the one you go to, the one that you trust, the one you bear your secrets to, uh, the one uh, that you're safe uh, with. It just the, the one, as I've said in your case, you're the only one who is always and only one of the best for me, uh, even when I was being a jerk. Uh, and, and that ought to foster real friendship, not just a husband and wife physical relationship or an emotional relationship, but a deep abiding friendship. And frankly, too often um, we simply don't approach our marriages that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're so different. How could he, he or how could she be my best friend? Um, but, but that's really what we... Uh, are called by God to be in this thing called marriage, and mm-hmm. uh, today we're going to talk about that and anything else that's on your heart. I think that'll probably take up the whole show. So what I'll start out with is um, the uh, announcement again of our women's retreat that's coming up March 8th through the 10th at um, Camp Buckner in Burnett, Texas. Um, you can go online at calvarysa.com and register. Um, Pretty much what we have left, um, if you sign up now, are the bunkhouses, but they're really very nice. Um, uh, and you you, st- you still don't want to miss this retreat. I'm 100% sure that this is going to be life-changing for um, everyone who goes. So please, please don't be shy about signing up. Yeah, you know, and normally, Paula, we don't we don't get our, our big push, and we don't do much pushing here. But mm-mm. but the idea is 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 people wait till late to sign up. Yeah, yeah. And we're already you said over two hundred well, people, yes. and and so if you want to go, you need to go, you need to go. Yeah. But you need to sign up. Better so sign up, and that. then those of you out there in Radio Land who have signed up. Um, you got to let me know that you're definitely going, and if you're not, we'll have a waiting list. And if you know you just absolutely can't go, um, then let me know that as well, because we don't want anybody to miss 
please. So. Okay, so calvarysa.com, you can sign up. You can do it by calling 658-8337. That's the church number. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can just swing by the church uh, any day that we're having services, uh, Wednesday, Friday, or Sundays, and, and sign up um, when you're done with church where you go. But we'd love to have you. Yeah, and the second thing before we start on our topic is um, the ladies on Monday nights have just started the book of Second Samuel. And so uh, Monday nights at 7, if, um, you know, you have decided this year that you're going to um, get involved a little bit more and, and learn more about God's Word, uh, Monday night at 7 o'clock is a great time. Your husband can also come. Pastor Ken is teaching, I think, in Ephesians. Is that right? Or Thessalonians. Uh, anyway, it's Thessalonians. it's Thessalonians. Okay. And then um, Pastor Nelly, I think they're still in Genesis. That's a pretty good-sized book that he's teaching um, the high school youth through. And then Chris Sanchez is um, teaching the junior hires. And then we have child care, so it's a, it's a full-service church, <laughs> <laughs> basically. So that's Monday nights at 7. We have worship um, before and then teaching and then um, a question and answer time and then a time of prayer. So it, it's just an awesome time to get connected, um, one to Jesus and then to each other. So um, please come. Okay, so Pastor Ron, we've been talking for a couple of weeks that we were going to share with the, with the audience um, how or to make your spouse your best friend. Um, and I was, there was two stories that I was thinking of uh, at a pastor's wives conference. This is many, many years ago. One of the pastors said to his wife, you know, I know you love me, but would you look in the refrigerator and look in the cupboards and see where your affection really is? And so she thought, that's kind of an odd thing to, to say, you know, um, because we're we're, we're always works in progress. And so he just had gone to the refrigerator just, I guess, one time too many and into the cupboards just one time too many. And all the snacks and, and foods were mainly for their children. So when she went and looked, she just had to come back to him and say, oh, my goodness, I just didn't realize, you know. And so that was one of the, that's one of those things maybe um, – Ladies, you can you can look around and see who's really first in your house after Jesus. It's supposed to be your husband. If it's not and it's your children, then that's out of order. And then um, another uh, question that we had one time, are you nicer to your friends um, and possibly even strangers, more patient, more compassionate, more understanding than you are with even your spouse? And so those are really, um, I think, some questions that are kind of in your face, but good ones that we need to ask ourselves, you know, who's really um, important. And if Jesus isn't first and if your husband isn't second, that means you've put yourself in either position one or two. Yeah, now obviously Paul is speaking from the lady's perspective, but mm-hmm. from from the perspective of a man, the same thing is identically true uh, on the other side of the of the circumstance. Um, you know, if if your spouse is not first in your life, Jesus isn't first in your life. Now, obviously, our devotion is to Jesus first, and we all understand that. But if your devotion really and truly is to Jesus first, then what you're going to discover is that your passion for your spouse will grow and you will you will you will open up to one another more. You'll trust one another more. Um, You'll you'll seek to make peace in a home, uh, even if your spouse isn't doing what he or she ought to be doing. You see, I, I think the foundation, Paula, for this whole conversation needs to be that God is speaking to each one of us individually. Mm-hmm. He's not saying, okay, love your husband uh, or make him your best friend if... Or when. Or, yeah, or when he starts acting mm-hmm. right. Um, um, wh- what God is telling us is, look, he wants somebody in the marriage to start representing him. And if we wait for the other person who might be lagging behind, mm-hmm. uh, or if we uh, wait to feel better about our spouse before we start acting better, 
um, then, then these changes are never going to happen. Jesus says that he owns us, our body's not our own, um, and, and he wants us to understand the primacy of marriage, and he wants our marriage to be a great witness. And, Paul, we've talked about this many times on this program, but uh, 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 your marriage ought to be the best witness about Jesus to your children and to your friends, to your families, your your in-laws and outlaws, mm-hmm. um, better witness than anything else you could say or do about Jesus. It ought to be the condition of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And we just get so used to doing our own thing. We live kind of separate lives. We've got our own little rooms in the house. We get buried behind our cell phones and, and, and hardly talk at all while we're communicating with people uh, via electronics. And it, it's it's just something that we really need to evaluate. Uh, Frankly, Paul, it is rude to ignore your spouse in favor of other people. Mm -hmm. Now, in ministry, we have a problem because our phones are ringing all the time. Well, your phone is ringing all the time. We're getting texts, so I'm getting ding. Yeah, and uh, but it's just rude to put those other people in a position before your spouse Mm -hmm. uh, when that's the relationship that needs to be cultivated. the people who know me and the ones who are getting to know me better who text me possibly before 10 a.m. know that my phone is in another room. It's not in my bedroom, and it's always turned down in the night. And so people are starting to learn that, oh, I can text her and I can leave a message, but don't expect because in the morning it's my time um, with Jesus and, and you. And... Um, that's not going to change. And so because you're my best friend, Jesus, my bestest friend, but you're my best friend, um, everybody else has to come third, fourth, fifth, sixth, on down the line. Um, And I always pray, Lord, if it's an emergency, you take care of it. Um, And he's pretty faithful that way. But, okay, so a long time ago, um, Jesus told me that I am a bride first to him. He saved me. So my first husband, in fact, a gentleman at church last night as he was leaving said, um, say goodbye to your first husband. I was like, and I looked up to heaven. I was like, okay. Hi, Jesus. Bye, Jesus. <laughs> he said, she's weird. But, you know, I think he was meaning you. And so I said, I'll say hi to Pastor Ron as well. You know, and so he, he kind of laughed. But no, Jesus saved me. So he's my first husband. He doesn't care, you know, um, about uh, uh, some of the things you care about, but he cares about me way better. So anyway, he's my first husband, you understand. And then second thing is I'm a wife because of Jesus. Because when you came to my front door that day, I'm not saved, you're not saved. I heard that voice say about you, that you are the one for life. So I'm your wife because Jesus said it. Okay. <laughs> See, you always tell that story wrong. You say you slammed the door in my face. You didn't. You said, come in here, good looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was, I've been waiting for you my whole life. Um, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Looking for tall, dark, and Denzel, and a yeah. short, white dude shows up at I your door. I just didn't know Jesus had to tell me flat, flat out, this is the one for life. And then also I am a uh, wife for Jesus, for him. Um, People are watching, not just people in the world, but people here in the church. Um, The ladies are watching me um, to see what kind of a wife I am. Am I submissive? Am I respectful? You know, um, do I, am I the same with you? as I am away from you. And sometimes that's not always the case. I'm still, still me, but sometimes I'm funnier and freer when I'm, no, I'm not, I'm the same. Because even at home, I'll, I, I say this to you all the time, huh? I'm funny, huh? I'm funny, yeah, huh? Yeah, li- living with Paula is interesting because she... It's called exciting. She, she, well, interesting is the right <laughs> word. She, she just will suddenly start giggling to herself. <laughs> And I'll look at her and say, you really crack you up, don't you? And she said, I'm funny. I'm funny. I just can't help it. I don't know what happened. I'll just, you know, the Lord gave me this sense of humor. And 
sometimes it just I crack myself up. But you know, and and we'll get to Anthony in just a moment, who's holding on the line. Oh, we got sweet. An, another anonymous Anthony question. That it is. Oh, okay. uh, we got another question coming. We'll get to those uh, in a few minutes. But um, you know, Paul and I couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would be fine if I never had an interruption. I'd be fine. That's uh, not gonna happen. Well, it's not. But I mean, <laughs> it, it's just it, it's it's. Uh, I don't need words. I don't need mm-hmm. to talk. Mm-hmm. I talk for a living, and mm-hmm. so. Um, but but um, um, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not like the most spiritual person on the face of the earth. Uh, when Paula wakes up in the morning, it's like, hey, how are you doing? Let's what are you going to do today? Let's praise the Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I have learned to so appreciate that because it's like a spiritual alarm clock for me. Now I don't need to set an alarm clock to get up, but but I I still need that spiritual alarm clock to be set every day to remind me to get out of my flesh and put my focus, my heart, my mind on things above. And you always help me do that. So instead of saying, oh, can you just give me a little bit of time before all of the cheer? Um, um, I've I've learned over the years to say, thank you, Lord. Mm. It's time to get up. And the minute I'm up, I'm representing Jesus. So, um, you know, it's learning to appreciate the differences between a husband and a wife, um, understanding we have different strengths and different weaknesses. Uh, we are to complement mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are to encourage and help one another stand firm mm-hmm. in the faith. If I'm walking uh, in my flesh, it's your responsibility to point it out to me. Uh, the same thing is true if it's you walking in your flesh. And so these are things that we do for one another because we love one another. And and it's because there's been a, an element of trust that's been built up over the years, uh, simply because we have learned, and it took you longer than me, only because I was the jerk that caused so much pain in your life, but we've learned over these years that what we really want is for both of us to fall so in love with Jesus that we can't help but to fall in love with one another more. It turns out you are um, the, the person that I would rather spend time with than anybody else, uh, it's not, uh, well, it's Thursday, i got to hang out with Paula. <laughs> I start looking forward to Thursday on, on Friday morning. Tomorrow morning, I'll start thinking, ah, date day is coming up again. Now, that doesn't mean we don't spend time together. but, but It is different, though. It is different. It is different, and, because and I love knowing that difference, because on Thursday, actually Wednesday when we leave church, you're already different. And, and, I, and it's very encouraging to me because you're able to just be with me. When we go to bed on Wednesday night, we know we're going to just, it's going to be Ron and Paula. Yeah, and, and I have no expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, we typically, except for <coughs> dire emergencies, don't let anything interrupt our time together. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. I once told the church on a Wednesday night Bible study, I said, welcome to my favorite night of the week. Mm-hmm. And I said, my favorite night of the week is because tonight I get to teach the Word of God, and as soon as I'm done, it's daytime. Mm-hmm. I get to spend time with Paula. That matters a great deal. And because you said people are watching, people are always watching, mm-hmm. and they're looking, the men are looking at me, the wives are looking at me, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're, am, am I as nice as I appear to be when mm-hmm. I'm teaching a Bible study? Mm-hmm. Are we affectionate with one another? Mm-hmm. Um, you sometimes think I'm too affectionate. In, in pu- church? In Come on, place. man. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> at the gym, too. Oh, at the restaurant? Yes, sometimes you are, but that's okay. <laughs> our, our grown children say, Mom, Dad. Mm-hmm. Je- Jesus made you pretty. Oh, well, thank you. Thank <laughs> let's, you. let's take Anthony's call. He's been on the line. I'm the so excited he's Anthony, called. it's really good to hear from you again. You're on the air. Hello, uh, Pastor Ron and Paula. Uh, how are y'all doing? We're doing We're well. We're doing well, sweetheart. It's, how are you doing? It, you know what? It's been a long three and a half years. Um, ups and downs. Depression has has come and gone and come and gone and try to rear its head up and you know um i hold on to the word of god and and i i see the change in me i see the change in me i'm I'm getting really close to having this uh colostomy reversed and and then they're going to start working on my back um i just found out last week which i didn't know and and Esarana, i don't know if i asked you one time or another is it possible for a christian to have depression i don't know but i have been seeing this uh therapist uh 
my doctor told me to go because he wanted me to go see him because he says I have, I have PTSD. And so I went to go see her, and finally last week she says, um, um, look, do you not realize where all of this is coming from? And I'm like, and I'm over here thinking spiritually, well, it's an attack from the devil. It's an attack from the devil. And she says, um, Anthony, she says, all of this, the depression, the anxiety, the the PTSD, everything is a result of a traumatic accident that happened to you. You went from one day being perfectly fine, perfectly able to jump, run, bend over, do this, do that on your own, to not being able to do that for four years and becoming almost paralyzed. She says, you, your brain was traumatized, so therefore, that's why you're having all of these these things. Now, it, it made sense to me. It, it made sense to me, but my question to you is, like I said, um, the, the depression thing. Can a Christian get depression? Number two, um, what was that? Oh, I just said yes, but I'm waiting for your other question. Oh, oh, um, okay. If a, if a Christian can get depression and, you know, taking medications and doing all this and doing all that, and it's gotten better, but sometimes that something just pops up and then you begin to to feel that thing again, you know, does it mean that I'm weak? Yeah. Oh, Anthony. Anthony, uh, I'm going to ask you to hang up and get on, and listen on the radio now because we're inside of, uh, we're all just a little bit about two minutes before the break, and we'll probably take a little bit of time on the other side of the break to address this as well. But let me say at the beginning, I'm glad you're doing better. You have no idea how we pray for you, and and uh, it's so good to hear your voice. And when we don't hear from you for a while, we worry knowing everything that you've gone through. Of course Christians get depressed. Of course Christians get depressed. Now, if you've listened to this program for a long time, Anthony, I'm not a medication guy. I think we are too quick to medicate. I think we we function. While your problem may not be spiritual in origin, um, it may be from an outside source, the accident, um, the the trauma, um, uh, the, the, the solution is always spiritual. We need to understand that. And I wouldn't take nor advise medication for um, emotional issues, uh, even for depression, uh, unless and until um, um, I I understood that that my walk with the Lord was right, that my heart was right. Um, None of this means you're weak. It means you're normal. Anthony, with the things that you've gone through, just since you've been calling this program, things that are no fault of your own, it would be an amazing thing if you weren't depressed. It, it has nothing to do with being weak. What is important here is that you understand that in your weakness, God's grace is sufficient. That's what Jesus told the Apostle Paul. That's exactly what Jesus would tell you. And one of the problems with therapy, and again, I'm not condemning your therapist. I don't know him or her at all. But one of the problems with therapy is that they look for answers that don't have anything to do with Jesus. And as you know, I contend that there are no answers apart from Jesus. So um, it's not a matter of being weak at all. It's just you walking by faith in the Lord. We, we lost something here. Am I on still? Okay. Uh, Anthony, we're going to be breaking for our, our break in a minute, so I'll come back on the other side of the break. But let me just say, when you're weak, then you're strong. But it's in your weakness that you have to run to Jesus. That's really, really important. Okay. Uh, I think we're we're still having some technical difficulties. We're at the end of this half hour. I don't hear the rain. So we'll be back on the other side of the break. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. 
Welcome back to the second half of the program. Again, we apologize for some of the uh, technical difficulties that we're experiencing. Uh, I was told that that most of what I said to Anthony got uh, on the air. So, Anthony, uh, we're going to keep praying for you. Paul, you want to mention a study I did in Psalm 40. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, many years ago, um, Anthony. Ron, Pastor Ron did a study on Psalm 40, and I mean many years ago, because we were still at the daycare center. That's how long ago it was. But it was about um, Christians um, suffering with depression. And in my Bible, the uh, the title kind of, of this, it's the Psalm of David to the chief musician, but it's about faith persevering in trial. And that's where you are. And you know the sweetest thing, and I know you make Jesus smile because you have not lost your faith and you still are talking about um, the goodness of God. And this psalmist is saying, um, you know, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. He heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Where you're waiting for all of that to happen um, here in the physical realm. Um, and and God bless you that you are waiting. And, you know, you can hear the encouragement in your voice that um, the col- colonostomy is... Colonoscopy. Yeah, uh, ostomy is... Um, in the works of being reversed and that doesn't always happen and so um, God has heard your cry and he's never ever um, not seen you and he knows exactly what's going on and here's another thing from verse 10 this is you um, I, you have not hidden I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly and so he cries out Verse 11, do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I'm not able to look up. And that may be kind of how you're feeling right now. That's what's called depression. Um, They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. But be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. And he's he's hearing you. He's heard you every single time. Please, please, please hold on. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. I want to summarize this by suggesting just a few things. First, though your the source of your depression and and the the other issues that you've been dealing with may not be uh, spiritual. Uh, bad things happen to people. Bad things have happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you. You need to remember that Satan will always take advantage oh. of those bad things. Uh, he is without mercy. Um, he will never relent. Um, you have to be a warrior, even in your weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, next, always remember that even if the source of your trauma wasn't spiritual, the answer, the solution is, it's only and always Jesus who can help. And then finally, be wary, um, be uh, wise um, in the spirit, but be wary of any therapist who would give you solutions that don't involve Jesus, because there aren't any. And you know, we live in a culture, Anthony, that wants to medicate us to health, and that just never works. Um, again, I don't know the therapist, so there's nothing personal in my intent here. But unless this person understands that the answer for you, for all Christians, is Jesus, being with him, then you're not getting any help. Mm. It's great to identify that the source isn't uh, spiritual, that just bad things happen, but but no matter what the source of your problems are, the solution is always going to be found in and only in the person of Jesus Christ. So, Anthony, thank you for that. Paula, before we go on, we had another, uh, even before Anthony called, an anonymous question re- re- sent in. I mean, I can't spend much time with this just because I, I don't really know how to answer. Um, but it says, as a Christian man, what else could you possibly do if your wife keeps telling you to leave the house? She has done a lot of bad things, and I know I should stay. Uh, anonymous, the, uh, the, the, with, without more information, there's no way I could, I could even offer an opinion. Your wife sounds like an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she's an unbeliever and you're not in any danger, then First Peter 3, reverse the gender roles, mm-hmm. uh, is, is what you should do. 
Uh, let your witness shine. Don't take the things that she is saying to you personally or, or doing personally. Uh, understand that what she needs is Jesus Christ and make her the object of your ministry. Now, if if uh, I'm assuming incorrectly um, about her being an unbeliever, um, then then perhaps you can write in another time and, and give us a little bit more details or call in. Uh, we'd like to be able to help. It's just with that little bit of information. Um, there really isn't any way mm-hmm. yeah. that I can know it. Yes, I don't know. Paula, let's talk about a couple of things regarding best friends and husbands and wives being best friends. Okay. Talk about arguing. Oh, well, there shouldn't be. You know, and, uh, you know what, Pastor, I think this takes maturity um, because we're so used to whoever yells the loudest or throws stuff or whatever, maybe trying to kick your husband out of the house, um, the most violent one seems to be the one um, who gets heard. Um, but, you know, we can disagree. But there, it doesn't mean that we have to change the volume or that my love is any less because, you know, I disagree with you. Um, and so um, that's there, there's to berate one another, to get your way, um, no, and you know when you get your way, I tell this to the ladies all the time. You know, you fuss and I want my husband to talk to me, and you know all that kind of stuff. And then if the if the guy does finally say, okay, let's talk, well, you're only talking to me because we had that argument, and you, you're never satisfied, you know. And so, you, ladies, let me give you one hint: never ask your husband, "Well, let's talk." <laughs> if you don't have something to talk about, and I've got something to talk about, do mm-hmm, it. It's important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but honestly, we men don't know how to respond to that. Uh, let's just talk. Let's open the Bible. And let's talk about Jesus. Let's let's uh, talk about things that matter. Let's talk about our relationship. Let's talk about our desire to please the Lord. Mm-hmm. But uh, the truth of the matter is, you know, this this arguing is just not something that ever ought to occur mm-hmm. in a Christian home. Yeah. Uh, I, I could never explain to Jesus why I would say bad things or call you names or raise my voice or huff out in anger. That ex- that demonstrates that we fail to exercise self-control. Self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. That just means it's all flesh. Yeah. And uh, while we disagree, and these things are important to know how to deal with disagreements, mm-hmm. the answer for a disagreement between a Christian husband and a Christian wife is, okay, well, here's my opinion, here's my opinion, and then the leader of that house ought to say, well, our opinions don't matter, so let's see what God says. Mm-hmm. And Paula, a long time ago, and you have been such a, a wonderful asset to me over all these years, a long, many, 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 many years ago, we decided when we were trying to forge our way together from the old us to the new us in Christ, we decided that Jesus was the referee. Mm-hmm. And his decisions were final, and that we were going to agree with him, and if we refused to agree with him, we would recognize its flesh and we would repent. And he pretty well, I mean, we don't argue. Um, and that doesn't mean that you agree with me. It doesn't mean that I agree with you. As I said in the first half of the program, we're so different that there's things that you do that drive me crazy, things what? that I do that drive you. <laughs> okay, I should have started with me first. There are things I do that drive you crazy. But the whole point is none of those things are worth arguing about in light of the fact that you prayed for me for 13 years. None of those things are worth arguing about in light of the responsibility we have to be witnesses for Jesus, mm-hmm. knowing that people are watching our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God doesn't negotiate. <laughs> and too often, we husbands and wives, we want Jesus to sit down and negotiate with us so we can come to a communal peace. <laughs> when in fact, Jesus says, my way or the highway. Yeah. And if we don't understand that, then the arguments are never going to get resolved. And we're going to harbor bitterness. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with God is going to suffer. Our prayers aren't going to be heard. And we're going to find ourselves more and more in the flesh and in greater and greater danger of Satan destroying what God is trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear people say, well, we're going to stay together until the kids are gone. And, you know, yucky. How, what a horrible way to live. So I'm glad the Lord, you know, was instructing us well, a long time ago. And we decided, you know, Lord, we don't belong to ourselves. And this is what your word says. You know, how can, like you said a long time ago, how can I teach about faith if I'm not living it? And if God's 
where it says, husbands, love your wives the way Christ loves the church, giving himself up. And that's what you do. And then for me, you know, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord and everything, you know, everything that is in his word, not everything that, you know. Not ungodly stuff. Not ungodly stuff. Then if we will just do those things, because he also says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Yeah, and, and the other thing we realize is that if we got a problem, our problem's not with each other, it's with Jesus. Yes, exactly. He's like, why did you make him boss over me? Hmm. And that's the attitude of flesh. And so, you know, if I would just obey again, the, the Rubik's Cube thing, I used to keep it on, uh, on a keychain for the longest time. I think I had to keep it on there. And one day it finally broke. And I think that was the day when the Lord says, it's okay. You don't have to replace it this time. I think you finally have it. <laughs> you, you got it. But um, if the Rubik's Cube got all messed up because possibly you didn't agree with me my way, you know, um, I could still stand firm behind Jesus, trusting him that even if you had made a, a mistake, that he would twit, 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 fix it up because he loves me so much. Those are sound effects of a Rubik's Cube. Thing. Yep, okay. that's it. Right. <laughs> trip, 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 green, red, you know, yellow orange but yeah uh, so I could trust him and you know even when I might disagree with you on something I don't have to argue I can go to my first husband and say is this of you and if it's not he will fix you but seriously about 99.9% of the time if I ever started to argue with you I hear that uh -uh. Don't do it, because you're going to find out you're wrong, Paula. <laughs> so I just try to just hang with Jesus, and he always takes care of it. I don't need to argue. 340-9585, if you have any questions about what we're talking about today, we'd love to hear them. You know, in our world, oh, I'm sorry. No. In our world, you know, being a wife, especially a stay-at-home wife, our world has kind of made that, like, really just stay home and, clean your house and take care of your kids you know and like we're second class citizens Jesus looks at our calling as a very high calling um, we get to uh, take care of our husband and you know especially if in our case you were an unbeliever I was at first but once I got saved then I, it was a whole new thing uh, you know that I was a wife to Jesus when I got saved and then that's when he started telling me hey you're a wife because of me. Remember a long time ago, even before you were saved, I said, you and Ron, now Pastor Ron, were going to be the ones forever. And then I'm a bride for the Lord. Um, it's a high calling. And so every single day when I wake up and you're still here with me, this is like, this is like my job, my labor of love, not only for the Lord, but to you. And I'm, I'm most blessed you know, Paula, I, I don't think anybody in this radio audience can understand how busy you are. Um, you know, this isn't a, when, when you said stay-at-home wife or stay-at-home mom. <laughs> um, there's a lot that needs to be done. And I'm not talking about house cleaning. You're too busy. You don't even do that. I don't and get to do that. By, by that, mm -hmm. it's just... Um, uh, but, but we're busy serving him. <laughs> and that's why it's important for husbands and wives to resolve these issues. It's important that we don't just let them lay on a table, we don't stew about them, but we sit down with our Bibles open and resolve them. And men, if as the head of your house, you will be in a place in the Word with your wife on a daily basis, all of these issues are going to come to the forefront, and then you're going to be able to find resolutions to all of them together and then it's something you don't ever have to deal with again. Mm -hmm. It's really important. Paula, we've got Celia from Bandera calling on line one. Celia, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Good afternoon. Uh, my question is, my husband and I are married, but we live in separate homes. We don't plan on getting a divorce. I see him on a regular basis. We do things together on a regular basis. I clean his house and different wifely things. Is there anything in the Bible that says that's wrong? 
Uh, yeah, if if by living in a separate house you mean you're living, though you're married and intend to remain married, you're not enjoying um, the intimacy, the friendship of marriage. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with that, Celia. And again, I'm not pointing a finger at you. Obviously, I can't know all of the circumstances. But, but remember what Peter says, that husbands and wives are joint heirs of the grace of life together. I had a, a, a man who was uh, engaged to be married, and they came for marriage counseling. And the first thing he says, well, I want you to know that, that uh, I'm never going to let my wife have access to my money. We're going to keep separate accounts and things like that. And I just said, well, that's ungodly. That's ungodly. He says, well, what's mine is mine. I earned it. I said, no, 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 you're one flesh. And Celia, in your situation, uh, if, if you're not great friends, uh, if, if even, even if physically you're coming together uh, from time to time, um, you're not enjoying the, the grace of God together. You're not enjoying the fullness that God has for you. So it may be more convenient. It may, may at least it seem to make things more peaceful, but it's not an, a marriage that is bringing honor and glory to the Lord. Uh, it's not a marriage that seems, at, at least on the surface, to be committed to honoring God in all that you do. So uh, I would say, Celia, that's something that you really ought to um, not only be in the word together about, but but this is a situation that needs to be resolved. Um, uh, you're listening to a Christian radio station. I assume that you're a Christian. If your husband is also a Christian, then you ought to go to your pastor and 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 explain to him uh, the situation and get some really really needed help. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. This subject today is talking about making your spouse your best friend not you being his housekeeper and his occasional lover. We're talking about being best friends. You guys are living separate, self-absorbed lives, um, and I just don't get that. So people are watching, you know, you're, yeah, I, I don't get it, Celia. So you guys need to really pray. Why, you know, uh, seek first God's will in your marriage. And I, I just can't see. We, we we don't know all the details, so maybe there's... No, it doesn't seem like there's any physical... If you're still being able to um, meet physical needs. So, yeah, this that that's strange. So, I, I don't get that. So, yeah, we'll be praying for you. Please keep us posted. If you want to provide more information, maybe that we can help a little mm -hmm. bit more in depth mm -hmm. at another time. Yeah, the scripture says two become one. Not to stay too. Um, and so, uh, yeah, really please pray Again, about this. Uh, without sounding judgmental at all, it sounds like, like a lot of self-involved from both, yeah. both perspectives. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we have situations, um, Celia, where people have told us uh, wanted counseling, but they're living in separate parts of the same house. And it's the same answer then. That, that doesn't honor God. And, and Paula, you know, one of the things that is frustrating uh, to me as a pastor is that... Uh, so many Christians are so willing to settle for less than what God uh, wants for them, settle for less than God's best, and they just convince themselves, well, this is just the way it's always going to be, and, and we learn to cope with it mm -hmm. instead of uh, being witnesses for the Lord. And, and, and when a husband and wife aren't getting along in the home, imagine uh, how Jesus is being misrepresented uh, to the children. Imagine how Jesus is being misrepresented uh, to neighbors, to friends who know the situation. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just not something that um, that the Lord would approve of, frankly. No, not at all. Yeah, sad. <sighs> In fact, there's a scripture that says, you know, find out what pleases the Lord. And so anybody else who might be in that same kind of situation, you need to find out what pleases the Lord and, and then do that. And do that. Yeah. For sure. So, um, okay, so uh, making your call, make your calling and election sure. So, as a high, the high calling of being a wife, you know, what's, how do I make my calling and election sure? And I think ladies are out there wondering, yeah, how do we do that? Well, you know what? Look for the good. Look for the good in our husbands. Don't always be picking at, well, he doesn't do this, and definitely do not. Um, compare him to somebody else's husband because you don't live with that guy 24-7 either. Um, but look for the good. 
Um, you're the you're the only one who gets to live with the perfect husband. You know, I know that's true, <laughs> Pastor Ron. You, I, I'm the only one. <laughs> Lightning is coming in. Now. <laughs> I see a cloud the size of a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm studying for a retreat I'm going to do in, in the. It's called you know, live loved. Ladies, know you're loved by Jesus. We, we're not owed love. He tells our men to love us, but we're not owed love. If they're not obedient to God's command, that still does not relieve us of our duty um, to know that Jesus loved, loves us. You know, Jesus picked you out of the muck and the mire because he loved you. That's got to be enough. And, and if it's not, just continually pray um, that Jesus your love be enough for me without having a bad attitude towards your husband that if he's not loving you the way you think he should. Now, Paula, we, that helps. we've heard a lot of people say this to us over the years, but I need a human to love me. Mm-hmm. I need human arms around me. I need physical intimacy. Yeah. How, how do you respond to them? I used to say the same thing. That's the coolest thing about being able to now um, comfort others with the comfort I myself have received because pretty much every everything the ladies come to me with been there done that and so it's not one of those where let me just give you a scripture and it'll make it all better no I already was there and what I would say is just be with Jesus (laughs) I mean I think I've learned that over the years that's so true Jesus sees me perfect, precious, valuable. Um, he gave his life if it was only just for me. And I know I'm loved. There's a song, I know I am loved by the king and it makes my heart want to sing. And so if on a bad day, maybe Ron, that you might be having and you, you know, you have so many things going that you might not even be thinking right because you have so much stuff going on and I might walk by you needing a little affection or, you know, just a notice or a wink or something, and you're somewhere else. When I was really immature, and even some days on my bad day, today, I might say, well, that wasn't very friendly. But then I have to know that I am loved by the King, and that makes my heart want to sing, and I know you love me. And then I get to pray, wow, Lord, something must be going on with him because that's not the normal way he acts, something really heavy must be going on. And so instead of me, it being about me and how I feel, um, you didn't love me right, um, I'm able to pray for you. you know, Paula, when I pray daily for the, the, the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused, what you're talking about goes in the, in the category of the needy. And, and, and my prayer is always the same there. Lord, show the needy that only you can satisfy them. Only you can fill those holes in their heart. And, and if their husband was perfect, it wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, when we, we take that approach, well, I need a human to hold me, or I need a human to love me, uh, that's when the enemy springs his trap and he starts, you know, uh, friends from Facebook past oh, will, will contact you it, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And well, well, at least he's listening to me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We need to understand Jesus is the only one that can satisfy our needs. And then when you're filled up, with the satisfaction comes from loving the king, um, then you love others. It's not your responsibility to find others who will love you. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility to love others. And I tell our church all the time, Paula, that when you're filled uh, with a mission to love other people, you're going to get more love coming back at you than you can handle. But it begins with, with our response. Well, Lord, you satisfy me. You're the lover of my soul. Your left arm is under my neck and your right arm is around my back. You're the one who looks at me and checks me out. Now, Mm -hmm. what are you going to say? Careful now. I have to be careful. (laughs) Yeah. But what? I've told you how to walk around the house and get noticed. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) come on, Pastor Rod. What did you just do? Dorothy, if you're out there, Dorothy, you're listening. See what I'm saying? Okay, that's an inside <laughs> joke. The lady at the gym said, he just, he just puts you out there, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Uh, but anyway, live loved, ladies. Remember, Jesus loves you. He picked you. And then... And you picked your husband, and your husband 
uh, to the men, you pick your wife. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, usually it's the man who asks for the hand in marriage, right? And so I can say, you got a problem with me? Well, you pick me. Tell, tell, <laughs> tell people what you said today when we saw the commercial about Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. When the commercial was it, a store, new story. It was a new story on, uh, I think, anyway, Valentine's Day. It's, you know, the guy was saying, men, it's two weeks from today, you know. And I asked you, I said, why do you think it is that the pressure is on the men to get the gift and on the woman it's the expectation of what am I going to get? I don't get that either. So um, Hallmark did it. Hallmark did it. The <laughs> devil did it's it. Hallmark's fault. <laughs> Maybe when you guys were so guilty, I don't know. But anyway, you picked me. And so if you ever have a problem with me, that's what I that's what I say. Well, you pick me. But then God chose me to bear fruit, and he chose me to bear fruit that will last. And so, you know, uh, we met March 20th, 1970, and until one of us dies, we are to be together for life because that's what God said. And the thing is... Next month, that'll be 48 years. Wow. Huh? Pretty cool. So we are... How stupid would it be just to coexist to not enjoy one another. And so make it, I, tell the, I try to tell the ladies here, make it your mission in life to have fun in your marriage. It's not, you know, what the world says, you're not the old ball and chain, you know, that's keeping your husband from having fun. No, you are the complement to his life. And as a Christian, um, you are the one that helps him to fulfill the mission that God has for him. Yeah, and Paul, you do that in such practical ways. And since we're inside three minutes, I want to sort of wrap this up. The things that we've been talking about today within a marriage are impossible apart from the husband and wife being in the Word together. Yep. Just impossible. Yeah. Um, we need to be transformed by the renewing, the new thinking of our minds. And the only way for our minds to be new every day is to wash them in the water of the Word. Yeah. And if we don't understand that, uh, we're going to continually fail. Uh, we're going to continually lack answers. Problems will just exist. Satan will always be there to take advantage of them because he's trying to devour. And we've got a purpose in our hearts. Make a decision that my marriage is going to honor Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do my part and then trust God to do his part mm -hmm. in our spouse. Mm -hmm. But but men, ladies, if your husband isn't your best friend, men, if your wife isn't your best friend, if you're sharing secrets with other people, if you're spending inordinate amount of times on social media um, just to avoid talking to your spouse, uh, if you rather go out having fun with your buds and then spending time with your wife, then you're the one who's getting ripped off. Mm -hmm. And there's not going to be any possible way that Jesus is ever going to understand that. Yeah. And, and the joint heirs of the grace of life together means that there's no individual grace. Yeah. Paula? Absolutely. You can pray for your spouse. Colossians uh, 1, verses 9 through 11. Thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back at AM 630 The Word at 4 o'clock tomorrow on Friday. We'll see you then. God bless. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Oh,